with Sarah and Leah. And today we're covering speaking of self-care. So what we'll be covering is what self-care is, the types of self-care, the benefits of self-care, relaxation techniques and the myths surrounding self-care. So what actually is self-care? Lately with the increased awareness around mental health, the term self-care has been used more often. It's basically defined as a practice of taking an active role in protecting your own well-being, your own happiness, particularly during very stressful periods. Like for example, me and Sarah are both in year 13 now about to apply to university, <laughs> which is a very stressful period. So people in our place should be placing a further emphasis on their self-care to make sure that they don't go down an anxiety spiral. Yeah. yeah we live in a very much like full-on society, so people are starting to recognise the importance of then just taking a step back and paying attention to what your body and mind needs at that point. Yeah, so and there are several types of self-care. The first one is emotional self-care, so activities that help you connect, process, and reflect on a full range of emotions. For example, just seeing a therapist or writing in your journal or creating art, playing music, all of these are kind of emotional self-care that helps with your mind and just relaxing yourself. And there's also practical self-care, which is tasks that you complete that fulfill core aspects of your life in order to prevent future stressful situations. For example, creating a budget or taking professional development classes or organizing your closet. Like anything that helps you kind of prevent future stress is something that can be considered self-care as well. So then you also have physical self-care and these are activities that you do to improve your physical health. So literally just like taking a walk during your lunch breaks, sleeping eight hours a day, staying hydrated, exercising if you mm -hmm. can, just stuff to make sure that your physical fitness is as good as it can be. Mm -hmm. And the next one is mental self-care. So any activity that kind of stimulates your mind or your intellect, like reading a book, solving a puzzle, playing chess or going to a museum, just make sure these are things that you kind of enjoy. Like obviously people like like doing crosswords in your, in their like spare time. Anything that you enjoy that also stimulates your mind is also self-care. Then you have social self-care. And these are activities that nurture and deepen the relationships with people that are in your life. So like going for brunch with your friends, going on a date, making time with your family, literally just making sure that you spend time with the people that matter to you in life. The next one is spiritual self-care. So activities that kind of nurture your spirit and allow you to think bigger than yourself. So spiritual self-care does not have to be religious. For example, meditation, yoga, going to a place of worship, being in nature, dedicating time for self-reflection. Just anything that allows you to reflect on what you've done and your emotions and your behavior. So some people argue that self-care can be kind of pricey, but honestly, it really just depends on what you're doing. So we've collated a list of really, really simple things that you can implement pretty much into your everyday schedule or once a week, things like that. Get a good night's sleep, preferably seven to eight hours for teenagers. That's honestly really, really important. Drink lots of water, go for a brisk walk, take a relaxing bath, say no to something that you don't want to do. That one's really important. Know that you can always say no, and that no is a full answer. You don't have to provide an explanation if you can't. If there's something that you don't want to do and you can't verbalize why you don't want to do it, but you know that you don't want to do it, that's okay. No really is a full sentence. I think a lot of people already just struggle with saying no in general because, yeah. like, if you okay, if you don't want to hang out with a person, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't like them, it's just like you're tired, you don't want yeah. to go out, you don't have to go out at the end of the day. Like, it's always best to listen to yourself. And you can also listen to your favorite music. 
what's your favorite film, um, make something healthy or delicious for dinner, make a list of five or more things that you like about yourself just to improve your self-esteem, and just spending time with loved ones. All of these are just really easy self-care that most of them just don't cost anything to begin with. For the most part, it's pretty self-explanatory why taking care of yourself can be good for you, but there are also benefits of self-care that you might not realise, so we're just going to go through a couple now. Self-care does have a number of benefits, most of which are really interlinked with one another, and committing to self-care should improve your well-being all around. It can improve your physical health, if that's the kind of self-care that you're doing, or a big part of self-care is committing to looking after your body and becoming more attuned with its needs. So whether that's literally just brushing your teeth, exercising more, getting a good night's sleep, part of any program of self-care should be focusing on your physical health. If you improve your body, you'll find that you'll have more energy, you might not be as tired as often. Your mental health and physical health are very, very interlinked. And self-care can also reduce stress and anxiety, which is something that I think everyone needs right now. Making time for relaxing activities like taking a warm bath or listening to music or yoga or meditation is also a very common theme about self-care. Any activity that kind of helps you feel more relaxed can reduce symptoms of stress and anxiety to lift your mood, which in turn also helps your physical health. Everything improves when you focus on stress and anxiety because that's something so many people have to deal with now. Self-care can also boost your self-esteem, as we mentioned before, as well as just helping to calm down your nerves and taking time to relax and look after yourself. It can have a positive impact on the way that you see yourself. Because when you start treating yourself with kindness, you tend to look upon yourself more kindly. And studies have found that people with higher self-esteem then find it easier to deal with any setbacks in life, and setbacks in life are inevitable. And then they're therefore more likely to achieve their goals of self-improvement. It really, really does have a really great impact long term. And self-care also protects your own mental health. So making changes to prioritize your self-care can help to manage mental health issues and might even prevent them from getting worse. So of course, self-care is not a substitute for professional help, but you shouldn't feel like you have to tackle your problems alone. If your mental health is suffering, you can always talk to someone. However, if you're just looking to improve your mental well-being at that moment in time, taking time for yourself is very important physically and mentally. And then finally, self-care can lead to better relationships with other people. It really does make sense if you think about it. The happier and healthier you are, the more you can give to any relationship. This is important, especially if you're the kind of person that could be classed as like a people pleaser, per se. It can be really easy to put somebody else's needs first, but you do need to look after your own health too. And next we're going to be talking about breathing and meditation. We mentioned this a lot about how it can help you. Um, So we're just going to be focusing on that. So breathing and meditation are things that people try to incorporate into their day just to ground themselves. So a lot of them can be found on YouTube and Google. There are many benefits to meditation. It improves your immunity. So breathing exercises increases the amount of oxygen in your body and releases toxins with carbon dioxide. Increased oxygen in the cells and tissues make them healthier and help them perform better. Healthier and proper functioning organs can improve your immune system, which is something everyone needs right now in terms of COVID and everything. So clean blood full of oxygen fights better against infections and bacteria and viruses. So improved breathing would also help in the absorption of vitamins and minerals in your body as well. Also, just breathing calms down anxiety. Psychologists swear by deep breathing exercises to tackle anxiety attacks and also as a long-term treatment practice. 
Deep breathing helps in bringing your heart rate to normal and increasing the oxygen levels like Sarah just mentioned. This helps in giving your brain the signal to literally just unwind. Regular deep breathing will help in balancing the hormones releasing endorphins within your body, which of course will then calm down any stress that you might be experiencing or anxiety attacks that you might be having. And also deep breathing increases your sleep quality. So a deep breathing exercise that entails a complete exhalation provides better sleep. So breathing detoxifies the body as we've mentioned and signals it to calm down. A deep breathing exercise before bed can even help people who suffer from insomnia, as we mentioned like the last episode. Also in general, it decreases toxicity of your body. Stress, eating habits and shallow exhalation turns the body acidic. And with deep breathing, all those toxins are released, turning the body to a more alkaline state. It quite literally detoxifies the body. It also helps provide a better digestion system. So deep breathing increases oxygen in the digestive organ. This can help perform better relieving any gastrointestinal issues, constipation, indigestion. Proper digestion keeps the body energetic and healthy. I've heard a lot that your gut health is so important as well. Just digestion system in general can actually dictate your mood for the entire day. Like, I think people kind of neglect the fact that physical health and mental health are so interlinked. So mental health can affect physical and physical can affect mental as well. So just being aware of that can really help. It's good for your cardiovascular health. <laughs> Breathing exercises will help strengthen the cardiovascular muscles and improve blood pressure. Regular deep breathing exercises also decrease chances of a stroke and it stimulates the vagus nerve which reduces the flight or fight response. It can also improve your concentration and cognitive properties. Regular breathing exercises can improve focus and concentration. It also improves memory and cognitive cognitive properties and brain functioning as well. It's also been said to give you healthy and glowing skin because breathing exercises increase the oxygen concentration in cells, giving your skin a healthy and inner glow. So it really does make you look quite healthy as well on a physical level. And it also reduces the inflammation in your body. Basically, it triggers a powerful evaporating cooling effect, which brings down inflamed agitated emotions and decreases inflammation in the digestive system, which stresses out the entire body. It also helps sinusitis. Yogic breathing practices can help in sinusitis as the vibrations produced in this exercise can dislodge any mucus and drain the sinusitis from your body. It can also make your body and joints strong. So as we've said several times, it increases the oxygen levels in your cells and affects the joints in a good way. It can make joints and muscles stronger by reducing the strain of physical exercise and chance of wearing the muscles down. So meditation and breathing genuinely don't have to be boring or long. There are many five minute guided meditations that are quick and easy to do when you just wake up or when you're going to bed. And just incorporating five minutes of focused breathing can set the tone for the whole day or the whole night. So finally, we're gonna go into myths around self-care, which there are a lot of. So the first one is that self-care is selfish. So making time for self-care allows you to restore your energy and recenter yourself. This enables you to show up more fully as a person you wanna be each day and for those around you. I think a lot of people just assume that self-care means that you focus on what you want, which in one point it's true, but at the same time, it's not you kind of insulting everyone around you. It's more you just trying to take care of yourself and making sure that when you present yourself to other people, you're still happy and you're just more mentally well. The second one is something that we mentioned earlier, and this is a common myth that self-care is expensive. But you don't need to buy a new face cream or like 
book a yoga retreat or sign up to a studio or a gym in order to practice the self-care that we mentioned. Simple actions like meditation and going to bed early can be low cost of self-care. And if you go back to the list we mentioned before, pretty much all of those had no cost. And the next one is that self-care is time-consuming. So whether you're even a student, because obviously with everything that's coming up in year 13, just in general, everyone's always constantly pushed for time. But you don't have to dedicate a lot of time for self-care for it to be effective. Even just little moments of self-care practice throughout your day are beneficial. Like we said, just five minutes of meditation can just make your life a lot easier. The penultimate one is that self-care must be earned. Self-care is a basic human right. You do not need to have worked a full or productive day or be on the brink of a burnout or take off helping others in order to give yourself some care. You deserve it for simply just existing. You really should reward yourself for making it this far. And the last one is that self-care is only for women. So despite what common marketing campaigns might have you believe, healthy routines and nurturing activities are actually gender neutral. They should be prioritized by both men and women. Everyone deserves like a moment to themselves. That pretty much sums up our episode for today. I know that these aren't as long as usual, but like we said, we are in our exam period. So we just thought that this might be helpful for any of you listening out there. Again, as always, let us know if there's anything that you want us to cover or any feedback that you have through our anonymous form on our link tree or any of our socials and yeah that's it for today thank you thank you